0: Hi, I'm Angela the mom.
1: I'm Raja the daughter. And, and this, this is
0: Talking Talkin Brown, Brown Sugar.
1: Find us on Facebook, Instagram at Talking Brown Sugar, on Twitter at Talking Brown Sugar. That's Talking Brown Sug. Also, you can email us at Talking Brown Sugar at gmail.com. Again, that's Talking sugar at gmail.com. Um, it's episode 35, mom. Huh?
0: Can you believe it?
1: Yeah. Um, last episode we chatted with clay de souza about marketing and activism and what it means to support important causes like black lives matter and how to vet businesses you shop with as it relates to their connection to community but also supporting causes you care about as well and not supporting causes that directly conflict you know who you are as a person um if you haven't listened to the episode
0: Thank y'all really enjoyed. Please listen. It was enlightening to me.
1: Yep. And points were made. We're in the sugar bowl today to share some of our random thoughts. What's oh, on your heart, Mama?
0: Well, you know, when you're at home and we're doing this quarantine, mm-hmm. try a little feng shui. Hello, what? You know, I always say that word.
1: Feng shui. Feng
0: shui. What's that? You know, they say certain ways you put different items in your bedroom, your living room, your kitchen, your bathroom to make you or make it the atmosphere feel more free of flow of energy. Mm-hmm. And I always catch myself moving things around. Mm-hmm. So when you come home, and feel like you're in a new place because you've been quarantined and everything's looking all blah. Sometimes, you know, get some incense or something like that in your bedroom, little candles here or sometimes light bulbs change the color in your room.
1: Yeah, that's true. I'm definitely getting my little space set up the way I want to. Um, And I think colors are important. Um, Like you said, lighting, um, textures as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Anything that can give you feedback and create a path, like you said, for the energy to flow.
0: And we need that. Don't forget the kids. Sometimes we have to pull out those board games. You know, hey, some tic-tac-toe. Y'all remember how to play that? Checkers? Have fun. Sometimes you have to get off your iPad, your TVs, because they're in school now, and they're zooming and looking at their friends, or whoever they might be talking to, talking to Grandma Granddaddy, or another sibling around the world. So sometimes we have to pull out card games so we can connect with each other physically, if you can. Because sometimes at this time, we are getting on each other's nerves. And what do you feel about that?
1: Um... I just noticed that it's um, quarantine is also shaping how we socialize. Um, Cause I remember, like a lot of people have been sharing, a lot of women, females have been sharing um, that they have not been asked to smile by random strange men. Um, that's very true, but also. You don't have to do awkward, polite smiles to stranger in passing, which is a habit I am working on breaking. Um, But I see a lot of people going out of their way to smile or make sure their cheeks show that they're smiling when they're not or something. So it's just interesting how we are changing our social norms during this time as well.
0: Exactly. Moving right along. Sugar Cubes, a.k.a. the news, where we put a little sugar in your cup.
1: Yep. Uh, first article we have coming from the HuffPost uh, discussing um, the memification of Breonna Taylor's death. It says, turning Breonna Taylor into a meme where turning the conversation around what justice looks like for her into a temporary fad. Anyway, arrest the cops who have killed Breonna Taylor. This has become a common refrain radi- repeated across social media in tweets, in Facebook posts, and in Instagram captions. The phrase of reference to the death of 26-year-old Black woman at the hands of Louisville, Kentucky police in March has gone from a sobering call to action to an oversimplifying meme in months since Breonna Taylor was shot eight times while sleeping in her home. The slogan and other related memes have become almost ubiquitous, ubiquitous part of navigating the internet's conversation about police brutality, white supremacy, as more and more people dip their toes into that discussion. The broadened conversation has been great in many ways. Online resources have helped galvanize Black and non-Black people alike to educate themselves about race, sign petitions, donate to anti-racist organizations, and GoFundMe fundraisers, and bring attention to institutional racism in America. But the popularity of this one call for action has highlighted ways in which the current cultural moment is being commodified, trivialized. And used as fodder for performative allyship. Um, so this article is referencing when people have been posting um, memes and graphics across social media. You know, you've seen them, um, even like Instagram models posting a um, sultry picture, and. The caption reads, arrest the cops who killed Breonna Taylor. Like, yes, this is a way to draw attention to it, but like I said, it's trivializing um, the call to action. Among some of the most common Breonna memes are these. A picture of a cartoon character, Arthur, from Hey, Arthur, captioned. And I say, hey, hey, what a wonderful, kind of day to arrest the cops who killed Breonna Taylor. Exclamation points. Numerous sexy selfies, like a since deleted one from uh, Ducky Thought uh, with the caption, Now that I've got your attention, arrest the rest of cops who've killed Brown Taylor. A tweet from black journalist Zeoli um, Imani that reads, Drink water, use seasoning, and arrest the rest of cops who killed Brown Taylor. Um... The memification of Breonna Taylor shouldn't come as a surprise. It's a step with a common phenomenon of internet culture. Memes frequently operate as explainers of larger trends as well as stand-ins for cultural anxieties and ways to express and alleviate fears or other emotions through humor, writer Aja Romano explained in an article for Vox about the popularity of World War III memes after reports that President Donald Trump had ordered the assassination of Iranian General Soleimani. For many people, then, memes internet humor is a coping mechanism, a way to process, an indication of what we are all feeling and how to feel. So turning Brianna Taylor into a meme then risks the conversation around what justice looks like for her into a temporary fad. Other than uh, the firing of one police officer involved in her killing, there has been no real moves toward rectifying the situation. And so arrest of cops who killed Brianna Taylor, just in quotation marks, gets repeated over and over again. It becomes an abstraction. It begins to lose meaning. These are people repeating the phrase in one social media post while calling for the abolishment of police and the criminal justice system altogether in another. So where do these people actually stand and what does the use of memes say about their good intentions? And this was written by Ziva Blaine, senior culture writer of HuffPost. Post.
0: Yeah, we don't want to lose the force for what we're trying to do for Ms. Taylor. We want to stay focused on putting these cops in, in jail.
1: Yeah, I think it's just, um, like they were saying, it's a part of internet culture that can be dangerous um, when it gets out of hand or um, something that comes uh, commonplace.
0: You used too loosely.
1: Right. And it's like, yeah, we can post about arrests to cops who kill Brown and Taylor, but we can also take action um, as far as like, getting involved and local movements to bring justice uh, to the cops. Um, Learning more about what defunding the police means, just informing yourself so that you can understand what actions you can actually take in addition to tweeting, raising your voice. Um, There are multiple multiple avenues to bring justice um, for Brianna and all the people we've lost to uh, police brutality and just unjust killers in this country.
0: Right, because we don't want people to be a a cliche and just using the words that we just mentioned and forget what really happened. Eight shots, you know, took our life. We want people to stay focused on that because some people don't see these memes and won't understand it. But we're looking at the wide world of how things can just be taken out of hand and getting out of control.
1: Right. I think a lot of what can get lost in the internet is that the internet is the internet. Not all of what happens on the internet is happening in real life, even though a lot of places like Twitter can be used to report live things, live news, fee coverage for a lot of people. Um, It has taken the place of um, traditional means of news sources. Exactly. But still, what is happening on the internet isn't always happening in the streets. Um, the same way people say you can have Twitter beef, which you know, you pull up on them
0: mm-hmm.
1: and they they not hush mouth, they ain't coming out the door. No. You know, not, not. Who's there? Nobody, because you're scared. But, you know, <laughs> that we got to remember that what's happening on the internet isn't always happening. That's right. Um, in real life, and that there are still steps we need to take as far as voting. You Don't know, forget. how we feel Stay about focused. that over oh, talking about sugar. Make sure you are registered to vote. If you have moved, uh, you can update your registry with your local DMV. um, Update your information online. You can do that. You can register to vote online as well. Um, You can register for mailing mail-in voting. Um, Mm -hmm. Do that before you know. November. Before November. Before it's time to vote.
0: It'll be here before you know it.
1: Yeah. Go ahead and get your information in there. Check it. Um, I like to check every down there just to make sure they know who I am and where I am, cause I'm I'm voting.
0: I'm there. I'm there. Okay? I'm there.
1: And um, just yeah, stay informed in causes that um matter to you, and find ways that you can use uh your voice, your fingertips, if you march, march. Um, but don't but don't confuse what's happening on the internet with what's really what really needs to happen in the streets and what needs to happen as far as um the political just, race right and activism um something else we wanted to talk about that we saw online um this was a quote going on all around the internet i've seen a couple of times i don't know if you've seen it, on but um Our fave, one of our faves, Taraji Henson posted um, this quote from Twitter, from Brie Hall Official. I'm not sure she's the one who wrote it originally. um, But that's who's quoted here. Um, And the quote reads, Please stop calling Black women strong as a compliment. Strong is why our mortality rate in medicine is high. Strong is why our pain is taken seriously is not taken seriously. Strong is why there's less empathy for us. Strong is why we're put last in every movement because we can handle it. Mm,
0: mm, mm. I haven't seen that tweet, but I've heard it all my life growing up. What? Oh, she can handle it. She's strong.
1: About you directly, or just
0: this family? As I'm growing up, and I've heard it for myself from friends, some of the family. I'm like, how you know that? They say it to you
1: directly
0: or sometimes, mm-hmm. or if, if I was strong like you, mm-hmm. sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do. But we all have feelings, and we know how to how we have to handle our own battles. Mm-hmm. But, like, in reading that right there, tells a lot, and that's how people can stereotype black women.
1: Yeah,
0: so I think people need to be more aware of we are human, we have feelings, we have thoughts sometimes we cry inside and we have to be strong but we don't want to take it as oh, this passed about she can have it, she'll be okay. Sometimes we don't be okay. Sometimes you got to check on us.
1: Yeah, check on your people. Um, I I um have experiences not something I'm working on too as far as being honest about how you're feeling. So not um, even accepting the compliment, um, but giving a name to what it is you're actually feeling, even though you put on a strong face, you put on, you know, your face that you face the world with, even though internally you're going through whatever, um, dealing with, um, being a woman, being black and being all the other things that you are that make up who you are as far as your identity that's public facing what is important about, I think, um, what this quote, and I think it resonates with a lot of people, especially, you know, people who've been called strong. It's like, you don't know what went into me looking and showing up as I do and have to. Um, And it's a lot of things you do mentally to appear a certain way that you have had to for survival, you've had to do to get ahead, you've had to do. Um, So being strong isn't always a choice when there are things you have to do to survive, have to do to make it to the next day. It's not, I can see it not, it's not a compliment, but um, I think it's important that that's something we think about for black women It's something we think about when we're talking to our friends who are black women and just talking to people, Will you compliment them for something like that, like oh, you're so strong, or assuming something based on you know, yeah, what you well, just they
0: see, yeah. Because they don't know how you have to put on yourself to get three little people out the door at one time, and you are like, I hope they're okay. Yeah, you, you got you gotta be strong for your kids, or maybe go in the bathroom and cry and then get them together, and they'd be like, it, it might be just that one little voice, mommy, it's gonna be okay. You be like, Lord, I ain't gonna tell that to me. And, you, and, and that just give you 100% more mommy power or are sister he, power.
1: This happened to you. Yeah. We told you it was gonna be okay. When is
0: that? Many mean? times. When y'all be going to school and I'm leaving out at the time, you know. Yeah. It be raining and pouring down. I'm outside crying. Because I'm like, these little people are stronger than me some days. And I said, you know what? You're right. We can do this.
1: Yeah.
0: It's facing the world.
1: And that's something, too, growing up, I i don't know. I um, i just always knew I could count on you as my mom. You always showed up. And then we couldn't show up. Like, you remember, we talked about um, when we had performances and stuff like, you know, mm-hmm. I was an orchestra player. I was a violinist for a little bit. Um, and there were some times where, you, you know, they tell you to invite your parents and family. And I would invite family. I would invite people. And nobody would show up. But I knew that when I went home, I could tell you all about it. Because even after you got off work, went home, you got off work, you would still want to know about my day. And that still meant something to me, even if you couldn't show up to the show. Because I'd be
0: thinking about it.
1: And you always would tell me the day of. You remember, make sure we had little notes. Or you would tell us and instill in us I might not be there, but you can play for May. You can play for you know mm-hmm. people who have passed on, who will be with you. With, with you, you. You know, and you know I'm a little kid walking out. I, mean, I didn't think about this. You know I'm a little kid walking home at six o'clock, hood adjacent, walking on the street. You know what I'm saying? Um, I didn't think about that. You know, just um, where we grew up wasn't the best, but it was we made we made the best out of it. Yeah. Just like everybody else in our neighborhood. We made the best out of what we had, and um, I think, yeah, it's a, it's that could be a, that's a really way to compliment and tell somebody you strong, are really strong? Not to say that you know, go out and call people weak or or well, no, you can be you can relax around me, you can you know, it's just something to think about.
0: It is, and that's just we had to protect ourselves, and you can't go nowhere weak because the weak don't survive well. Because sometimes you could be weak in your mind or your feelings, your emotion and you got to say, I got to shake this off. I got to make this go right. Right.
1: And that's and that's what, that's so why, that's what that, right. that quote is saying is problematic about yeah. telling someone that's strong, especially a black woman um, because it's a lot, it's an intersection of things you have to do. You don't have that choice. Way. You don't necessarily have a choice. It's like be strong or perish.
0: And that's and on to the next one.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then we can talk in at length for later. Yes. Um, Uber Lyft algorithms charge users for trips to non uh, charge users more for trips to non-white neighborhoods, a study finds. A new study suggests that Uber and Lyft's algorithms charge higher rates to customers in non-white neighborhoods. Um, So it may actually, the algorithms may actually discriminate against customers seeking transportation in predominantly non-white neighborhoods.
0: Mm -mm.
1: So two researchers at George Washington University analyzed transport data and data census census data in Chicago in a paper that assessed whether there was a racial disparity in how much passengers were charged based on location. The data set included more than 100 million trips between November 2018 and December 2019, with 68 million of them being made by individual riders. What they found was that the ride-hailing companies charged higher per mile for a trip if either the destination or pickup point was a higher percentage of non-white residents, low-income residents, or high-education residents. So that's three factors they were looking at: non-white residents, low-income residents, or high-education.
0: residents. I hear that, people.
1: Um, It says, while demand and speed have the highest correlation with ride-hailing fares, analysts show that users of ride-hailing applications in the city of Chicago may be experiencing social bias with regard to fare prices when they are picked up or dropped off in neighborhoods with a low percentage of individuals over 40 or a low percentage of individuals with a high school diploma or less, the authors wrote in their conclusion. They also pointed out in their introduction while the story study was particularly important. Unlike traditional taxi services, fare prices for ride hailing services are dynamic. They're calculated by using both the length of requested trip as well as the demand for the ride hailing services in the areas. Um, under Uber under uber determines demand for rides using machine learning modules using forecasting based on on prior demand to determine which areas drivers will be needed most at any given time while the use of machine learning to forecast demand may improve ride hailing applications ability to provide services to their riders machine learning methods have also been known to adapt policies that display demographic disparity in online recruitment, online advertisements, and recidivism prediction.
0: You got that.
1: So this is not the first time Uber or Lyft has been accused of algorithmic bias or in-person human bias, for that matter. Um,
0: yeah. People are just trying to get to their destination, but you don't know if you're being price gouged for for what location, for where your location where you, where you live. Well, I know sometimes in the ordinary old cab situations, I have been in. Some cabs might charge you more if you're going to like the a hospital, or they might have picked you up a couple of times, but they see where how they can mess with their meter for a couple of like three cents for the mile and then you say wait a minute hold up why is this fare so expensive when we've been riding this route before sometimes you have to ask questions mm-hmm. but sometimes people don't pay attention to it and later on you look and are like whoa
1: but that's what this study is looking at yeah. it's saying that because people have experienced that with taxis they're more likely now to use apps because you think because of the modules the algorithms fair the AI you're going to get a fair deal Or, and sometimes, you know, from use personal experience of using a taxi and Uber and Lyft, you can figure out which one is cheaper, which option is cheaper. Um, And I know in um, different cities, I've experienced different frail rates as well. Um, So like they said, your demographic, your geographic location, And now they're saying the demographic information is being used to figure out the price. So that's, yeah, that's real biased. And I'm not surprised, but it's, that's what happens when you think about systems that are in place that are building things that we all use and operate to live, to function. So you just trying to go to work, you coming from where it is you live, but because of where you live, you might be getting charged more. Than someone who lives in quote unquote a nicer neighborhood, or who maybe is just going around to the us. same place of work, even yeah. But you think about the people who built the app and who built the algorithms, who are designing the algorithms to function this way. They're going to be biased because hu- human is to errors,
0: you know. And they be ask us, like you say sometimes they used to ask us, we we'll go in stores. What's your zip code?" Right,
1: right. Like when you, like, yeah, when you move to new certain areas, you get a certain zip code.
0: Yeah, you get better perks. So or...
1: nice coupons. Yeah. To you. Different people reaching out because they assume that you have, you know, a certain level of income um, based mm-hmm. on census data in the area. So it's just exactly why it's important to fill out the census, which you can now do online as well.
0: Let's do that, people.
1: Um, But it's crazy. But yeah, all of that is connected to people, human. Yeah. So it's about elevating how we understand people and the assumptions they plugged into the algorithm to assume based on what demographics are there. So it's saying if there are a higher percentage of people with a high school diploma or higher, we can charge them a little less because, you know, it's not going to be rowdy. So it's just like an assumption of what the driver is going to have to experience based on dropping uh-huh. off or picking up someone from this location based off of education, household income, and all those other demographic data points that they were out in the article. That's, it's, it's it's history. It's history repeating itself and mm-hmm. you think about, yeah, that's essentially redlining. Um, it's just crazy how this, all this stuff is connected um and how we can uphold it so i think it's important that we continue to call people out for their bs like this and call them to task <sighs> on to some more craziness um team z this is just a quick a little
0: y'all sit down something. for this one
1: y'all probably already seen it we uh,
0: yeah
1: deal <laughs> i'm a regular typhoon mary unknowingly spread covid to his team so as we all have probably seen by now, um, Dio Hoogley collapsed on stage. Apparently, it wasn't his first time collapsing. He was asymptomatic. Um, gave it to his team, his radio host, uh, co-host. Um, the only person who did not uh, get it was his daughter, because she, guess what, <gasps> was wearing a mask when they were in person recording. Um, but now he said he's on the up and up um, because he's still asymptomatic but he passed out so that might be a symptom (laughs) um just another reminder to wear your mask
0: mask up put your face on
1: cover your nose
0: yes put it on right way
1: um some good news hair love the cutest little series animated series um and also won an Oscar for Matthew A. Cherry. is coming to HBO Max. I like that. That was your favorite. I think, I think that was a cute little series. I, I love it. It was
0: so, it was beautiful to me.
1: It was sweet. And then you see that her mom built that app to teach her how, like, you know, to yeah. teach people how to do hair. And you can tell her mom, I'm not going to spoil it for you, but you should watch it if you haven't already seen it. But there's gonna be a series. It was yes. beautifully animated. I love the brown skin.
0: Yes, this is, it's adorable. Y'all gotta see it.
1: Brown skin girl. skin just like pearls, Put skin all the world.
0: Brown skin girls. Um, <clears throat>
1: excuse me. <clears throat> That's not the wrong. One. I wear a mask. Just throw up my throat, got dry. So, don't write it and try to crack jokes because that was not the rumor. But, um, <laughs> I've been thinking about people's backlash to you know the streets being painted, Black Lives Matter, and I've been listening to a bunch of different people. I've been reading a couple of different things about how people have felt about all the things that pe- black people are saying we're getting now. All of a sudden, because people are feeling guilty or are now becoming woke or understanding what is going on, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement is catching more traction, more visibility, and it's causing um, big box companies, name brands, organizations, and people to start, you know, changing voice actors um, Mm -hmm. to hire. Black people to voice animated characters, you know, um, changing branding for different foods so that caricatures of Black people from Jim it. Crow and slavery are not being used. And, um, you know, streets are being painted with Black Lives Matter people saying, you know, just this, this not what we asked for. What we really asked for was um, you know, defund the police, arrest and fire the cops who are guilty of killing unarmed black people, unarmed people, period. Um, finally killing people. Um, you know, you can keep all the other stuff.
0: Yeah, do your job.
1: I think this quote from Sharonda J. Brown, you all should check out. Um, that's Sharonda J. Brown, you should check her out. Um, she's just a brilliant writer. Um, but I think her quote sums up how I feel, so I'm going to read it if you don't mind. It says, "A lot of people are slowly waking up to the fact that white supremacy and colonialist thought touches everything in our lives, so that damn near every system, cultural artifact, ideology, or idiom considered as truth or tradition is rooted in anti-black sentiment." Old racist laws still sit on the books, staple food products, statues, landmarks, mascots, songs, holidays, architecture, parks, etc. An overwhelmingly amount of these deeply American things are specifically created to criminalize Black folks and funnel us into prisons for free labor to mock us and our indigenous skin, our indigenous kin to fondly remember the old ways of our enslavement while paving the way for newer methods to celebrate the colonization of stolen land and stolen people, or block us from access to resources and autonomous spaces to deny us the wealth that we helped create to keep up the lies that white people are better than us and deserve everything they've stolen and continue to steal. People are also waking up to the fact that the true history of these things is intentionally not taught to us in standard curriculum, but a lot of Black folks have been walking around with this knowledge for a long, long time now. We've been talking, but most folks ain't been listening. It's not just the police born out of slave patrols or prisons born out of chattel slavery. The the entire country and almost everything in it that people love, down to the maple syrup, is a monument to white supremacy. So, I um, just thought her response to everything um, definitely shows um, just a culmination of everything. I've been thinking things I've Thought after giving time to process things and my feelings toward things and how I'm choosing to, you know, bring change that I want to see. And that's, um, I think just a full thought of what I have been thinking as well as far as you start to, um, trace back how everything is connected to our country's past, which is rooted in what?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now all of it's been taught in school, and it's still things that I'm learning. Um, and so yeah, it's just like I was saying and have been talking to different people about, it's just like the more you learn, the more pessimistic you get. Sometimes when you think about all of what things mean like you know i just had the ice cream tune ruined for me when someone shared um what the actual lyrics are to that song so even just little things like that and you think about how everything can be connected to slavery yes um connected to Jim Crow can be connected to mass incarceration, redlining, all the things that we suffer from institutionally, structurally, systematically in this uh, this country. Um, so it's important to continue to learn our history as painful as may, it may be, but also be steadfast and reminded of how resilient we are as a people, how resilient we are as a culture, um, and just taking um, solace in the fact that we are still here Um, we need to continue to use every little bit of momentum we are getting as far as people changing these monuments to a racist history to capitalize on it get yours whatever whatever you can use um, to get ahead during this time as a person of color as a black person do that. I'm not against it. Because it's it's important that people have space, autonomous space, like Sharonda was saying, to speak to what your experience is, because we are often told what we experience is because of us, because, you know, some fault of your own, when that's not, in fact, the case. That's no. not true. But the fact that more non-black white people, people who are in this country, all across the world, are seeing what we are living, there is no real American dream.
0: And some it white people warped. didn't even know half of this stuff that had happened.
1: Right, and that's a that's privilege of oh. white privilege, yeah. not having to know the truth, not having to live with the truth, so it's an awakening for all of us. Correct.
0: This is just something I like to throw out. Be careful who you trust. Salt and sugar look the same. So when going with that is, we've been just like that ice cream song. I used to sing that song when I was a little kid and did not know Mm -hmm. that it was. It's just sad to think I was singing a racist song and didn't know it. Mm -hmm. So when the teachers was teaching us the song we going home and singing it with our friends and did not know it was a bad song. Because mm-hmm. I know my mom them said they used to um, talk about a song called um, Tall Baby, Tall Baby.
1: Insidious.
0: And I did not know what it meant so as I got older, like 15, and I looked it up and saw Tall Baby. And I was like, wow, y'all sung this song. Because mm-hmm. that's what somebody taught them to sing, mm-hmm. you know. We've heard like the old ones like Ring Around the Roses. We saw that as a deaf. But we were singing deaf songs too. But we was laughing and joking. And then I know that y'all was laughing at our people. And it's supposed to be all right and it's not all right. So we have to talk about our Black Lives Matter. We we got to be heard, seen. I want them to see them, them bright letters every day from the sky to wherever. When somebody sees it and steps on it, we here. We here. There's nothing to play with.
1: We here. Yeah. I I was just, it just made me think like before we cast off the little wins, little steps, what they say baby steps to get to the progress, to get to the big changes we want to see. I don't want to discount any little bit of progress we get because of what we need to get towards. And that's what it takes before we can get other people, allies to understand what is at stake, what needs to happen and how ingrained it is into our everyday mm-hmm. lives mm-hmm. it needs to happen it it needs to happen in in conjunction with the larger changes and the systematic changes we have to uh continue to work on so let's let's say yes and you could do more thank you and for thank you for changing angel mama and let's see you come up off of some of that wealth you've earned, earned your family yes. has gained And, you know, support some HBCU, support some initiative, support some community support, Flint. Let's see. Yes. Thank you for, you know, changing this racist um, history your company has had. Why don't you continue to use your money, use your your political connections we know you have in the the right way. Now that we are watching you, now that we're looking, now that we're all aware, Let's do that and some more. Let's not stop with the small things. Let's not turn our nose up at those small things. Yeah. let's let's do both because as we all know black people are capable of multitasking. We are capable of doing multiple things. We can laugh while we're hurting we can crack jokes to get through it. So let's continue to take the small wins and keep pushing. So that's out. that's to the big brands too. Thank you Yeah, sure. thank you for you know the small changes you're making. But let's also put some money behind your actions yeah. and donate to the right causes. Period. Period, Pooh. Cool. Um, it's from the Atlanta Black Star. I thought this was neat. A medical student creates a booklet to teach doctors how to catch symptoms of illness on dark skin. Um, Balone... McKenday, a second-year student at St. George's University of London, was motivated to create Mind the Gap after he noticed a lack of diversity in his learning materials. On arrival at a medical school, I noticed a lack of teaching in darker skin. We were often being taught to look for symptoms such as red rashes, which I was aware would not appear as described in my own skin, he told BME Medics. When flagging this to tutors, it was clear that they didn't know the other way to describe these conditions on patients of darker skin tones, and I knew that I had to make a change to that. Uh, McKenday's school backed the project and joined forces with Margot Turner, a lecturer in the diversity in medical education at Peter Tomany Clinical Lecture and Clinical Skills to complete it. The team will use the booklet to host trainings for medical tutors this month. The booklet addresses many issues that have been further exacerbated during the COVID-19 pandemic, such as families being asked if potential COVID patients are pale or if their whips have turned blue. Um, So these are not useful descriptions for a Black patient And as a result, their care is compromised from the first point of contact. It is essential we begin to educate others so they are aware of such differences and the power of such clinical language we currently use. Mind the Gap. Um, They have a first edition already out, guys. Um, Publication of the booklet is pending, but he hopes it will become a part of medical curriculum worldwide to foster change across the healthcare industry. I hope the work makes healthcare professionals aware of some of the biases they may have and know what impact this has on patients. It is important for medical professionals to be aware of variation in presenting symptoms when treating the diversities of patients that they serve. I hope the work will increase the confidence of darker-skinned patients to seek medical advice. Yeah, just think about how many people are like,
0: they just gave them the wrong medicine. Everything.
1: Yeah, but not even that. You're dismissed because you aren't showing the same symptoms and as when you described to for. Yeah. It's like we know this as people who are experiencing it, but it's important that we have, like we were talking about, systematic changes. So now that are going to have curriculum to speak to this, and I, I think it's funny, um, and I like that they use Mind the Gap which is language they often use in europe um in other places in train in train stations mind the gap saying like before you get on the train mm-hmm. mind the gap you know so it's like mind the gap medically that you've been trained to look at you know presenting symptoms this way but of course when to present different in other people yeah <clears throat> so think about how that's going to impact people of different skin tones that's so important
0: that's crazy yeah because can you see somebody going into the doctors and they just look at them like oh, i don't see nothing wrong I, i've been told that you know well I, I don't see it well i don't feel good you can't tell me how i feel but they want to brush you off because you don't look like you you don't look you, you, you don't have a rash or you don't look like what they've been told yeah you but if you have a doctor's you know, you might have like some a rash going on, but they that's don't see it. Different
1: on your brown skin, yeah. You know, melanin will impact uh, those things to present different. Yeah.
0: So I'm like, I have to look. You're you supposed to have the eye. You're supposed to have the training. That's why I come to you for you, for the care.
1: And that's why some people don't go see the doctor because they know they're going to get dismissed.
0: And then it's 110% on that. I'm glad he wrote this book.
1: Yeah, I look forward to it. So we'll be keeping an eye on that on that when it becomes published yes bravo um finally now a little news sweep today uh how to cope with quarantine um uh, we're in day 999 of quarantine so i think it's important to discuss how quarantine can affect our mental mental health uh very well mind saw this article posted um on social, and they did a study of some people in Toronto voluntarily quarantined. And so, this um, article talks about different ways to cope with quarantine based on what they've seen from people who went um, and participated in that study. How quarantine affects mental health. It says, Center for Disease Control and prevention defines quarantine as separating and restricting the movement of people who have been exposed to a contagious disease to see if they then become ill. Because some diseases can be contagious even if people do not yet have symptoms, the step minimizes the spread of the illness during the asymptomatic period. While quarantine, may only be temporary, even brief periods of isolation and loneliness can have negative consequence on both physical and mental well-being. Um, so this quote directly relates to the um, study I was telling you about. It says all of the surveyed reported feeling isolated while quarantined as a result of the lack of social and physical contact with others. People felt cut, off from the rest of the world because they were unable to do normal activities for some health precautions such as wearing a face mask increased their feelings of anxiety and isolation um and they go on to list possible mental health effect of coronavirus quarantines um in 2019 a review of the lancet analyzed results of past studies to get a better idea of how covid 19 may impact those quarantine uh, the review found that psychological distress is common both during and after periods of quarantine. People commonly experience fear, sadness, numbness, insomnia, confusion, anger, post-traumatic stress symptoms, depressive symptoms, low mood stress, emotional disturbance, irritability, irritability emotional exhaustance. There is some evidence that there may be longer-term consequences as well. Substance and alcohol dependency were more common up to three years after quarantine. While individual reactions to self-imposed or mandated isolation will vary, you will likely have feelings of loneliness, sadness, fear, anxiety, and stress. Such feelings are normal given the circumstances. However, here are some steps you can take for your mental health and well-being while coping with quarantine. Um, So yeah, so we're gonna talk about a few of those factors that influence coping. Um, It's important to remember that everyone copes with stress differently. Some people may better be able to weather quarantine for a wide variety of reasons, including factors such as resilience and overall personality. Uh, For some factors that may play a role, such as your current mental health, how you deal with stress and your personality, um, and how long you quarantine can all impact your capability and your capacity to cope during this time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh So things you can do to cope Establish
0: routines I believe in that
1: Yep uh, They say A disruption in your normal daily Routines can be one of the most difficult aspects Of quarantine This can leave you feeling directionless As you try to figure out how to fill the hours of the day Especially if you're um, Working from home They suggest that you structure your time Like a regular work day um and part of that can be um like you were saying, with the feng shui making sure you keep your work and your home spaces separate
0: i believe in that too
1: uh they also suggest to be as active as possible
0: i'm a witness to that because i know i don't quarantine and came i don't turn into the couch potato so hey you yeah, gotta, you gotta make your own spaces and know and what's safe take for you. I'm an invert. I can really stay in the house all day, but I do go out and get my little walks in. Mm-hmm. And since I retired, I turned into the potato of the couch. Yep. Like a bag of chips. Yeah. And I haven't got like fluffy anything. I'm like sometimes you just like put things off when you have a routine. You break your schedule. And you next week she you break the you schedule and then you, here you go. You don't turn into the potato of the couch.
1: Yeah, so they suggest some at-home workout ideas. Uh, you don't need a bunch of expensive work equipment, but you can check out some exercise videos. Um, Definitely use your own body weight as a weight. Um, so the body weight exercises, online workouts, and fitness apps. Another suggestion is to combat frustration and boredom. Some of the distress of being quarantined stems from boredom and frustration. Oh. I can attest to that, because sometimes, what is, what is, how does the song go? Board in the house, and am in the, the house, board in the house, I'm in the house, board the house, board in the house, in the house. You know, you don't, you wanna break that, you wanna break that. So getting things done can provide a sense of purpose and competency. It gives you something to work towards and something to look forward to each day. So make a plan and of some things you want to accomplish and start a, a you know, checklist. It's something you can check off each day. Another big one communicate, staying in contact with people not only staves off boredom but it's also critical for minimizing a sense of isolation.
0: Yes, I try to check in with people and you know, go through your phone, it works both ways, people. It works both ways, baby. Text somebody, or better yet, call them.
1: Not, not. We're not suggesting that talking brown sugar to, to hit up any old flames, but you know, people you already were in contact with, you know, some friends. What old free, flames. Feel free to check out a um a classmate. You know, hey girl, hey hey person, hey Pete, what up, what you up? You
0: know what? If you got your yearbook, hey.
1: I was about to say something.
0: What are you about to say?
1: say? <laughs> no, I'm not crazy. I think I'm crazy. I think I'm crazy.
0: Y'all know that song, don't
1: you? Possibly. No, but really, um, ideas for staying connected. Eat regular meals with others in the home. So don't bring anybody new to your house. Don't you know, introduce nobody new to your house. And are people already in your house. Have a meal or two with them. You know, you got roommates. Cook a meal together, you know. Y'all just get a big box of pasta, make some spaghetti, um, check it with friends and family each day by the phone. Each day may be a lot because I, each day can be a lot. Just, you know, here you. and there.
0: Don't call me no each day.
1: Here and there, here and there, hit them up, hit them up, you know.
0: FaceTime, that's cool. Check
1: them on, check up on them. But every day.
0: Oh. Now, if your gut tells you to do that, that's different. If you get a feeling that you need to go check up on somebody, go by Grandma's and type, tap that window. Hey go by that nursing home and say, look, I need to see Granny or Granddaddy or Auntie or somebody. Mm-hmm. Don't just sit back and say, I'm going to do it tomorrow because tomorrow might be too late. So, hey. I just
1: called.
0: And if, when I you see your say, mailman, put a thank you I note on there sometimes and say, you know what, mailman? I appreciate you.
1: Appreciate you, bro.
0: Because my mailman, he's funny. <laughs> you were talking to the mailman? <laughs> yeah, be
1: talking
0: to the mailman. I even gave him some um uh, a cheaply little car.
1: Oh yeah yeah yeah. Mhm. Sweet.
0: because yeah. he finally got it right not put the wrong mail in the mailbox.
1: I never catch my mailman. I I try to catch them sometimes when I hear them, but they are stealthy people. Um, try supporting others reassure friends who are feeling stressed out or worried. Use social media such as Twitter and Discord to stay connected to others.
0: And if you have your church a lot of churches are doing calls
1: oh yeah for bible study yeah
0: for bible study call or, in. or if you need a prayer check with your church Jesus and the food banks Day and Day stuff and uh, hey do what you got to do you sometimes you can go help volunteer
1: Jesus.
0: tell them what you want mm. Mm, mm, mm.
1: they also say stay informed but not overwhelmed so people tend to experience great anxiety and they feel they don't have access to information they need. On the other hand, however, it is the sense of panic that can stem from being immersed 24-7 in reports that focus on inaccurate or overly negative information. Rather than spend your time watching cable news, focus on getting helpful information from trusted sources such as the Center Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. World Health Organization, state and local health departments, and your doctor can all be helpful. So, yeah. If you really feel like you need to stay informed, which we all should try not to be overwhelmed by, you know, information overload. Um don't take take everything with a grain of salt.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And check out some comedy sometimes. A good laugh is healthy. Uh
1: remember that kids are stressed too. Research has found that children who had been through quarantine had exhibited PTSD syndromes at four times the rate of children who had not been quarantined. The CDC recommends that parents and other adults talk to children about the COVID outbreak in a way that is informative, age-appropriate, and reassuring. Focus on maintaining a sense of structure at home and model healthy, positive behaviors. Managing your own anxiety can help calm the fears of children in your home.
0: Because they mirror everything we do. Cause the little minds don't know.
1: Little sponges.
0: Yeah, they just see. They see you getting upset. They gonna go and get upset too.
1: Mama, can I die on the cherries? <laughs> it's <laughs> all <laughs> I take, and it's okay. Pootie reference. <laughs> if you haven't seen that movie, I don't know what to tell you. Um, also they point out remember why you are doing this when you are feeling frustrated or cooped up it can be helpful to think about the reasons why you're quarantining yourself if you have been potentially exposed to coronavirus avoiding others is an altruistic action you minimize a chance that you might be unknowingly spread the illness to other people even if you currently are asymptomatic boom 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 ba boom. Um, how to find professional support fortunately there are ways to find someone to talk to without leaving the house telepath options increasingly allow people to talk to doctors online there are a number of online therapy options that allow people to speak with a professional therapist online by phone call text email or through video call it's a great way to get extra support during this difficult time
0: it's very helpful
1: yep yep it says anyone, the CDC recommends anyone experiencing uh, pre-existing mental health conditions to continue their existing treatment. Um, yeah, so that's what they suggest. Um, to cope with quarantine. Um, God, that was important as we see cases rise and a lot of things are still uncertain. Uncertain.
0: Uncertain. That's how they're wrong, do you?
1: We we out here. We out here. You know, get your mask on and be out there if you need to,
0: Yeah, be when safe. you need
1: to. Be smart. Be safe. But, yeah, those are tips we have from very well, to be very well and cope very well. We could do this.
0: Want us to promote your business in our next sweet deets? Mention. Email us, talkingbrown.sugar at gmail.com with the subject line, Business Feature, with a few sentences about your business, product, or service. There's room for everyone to eat.
1: Yes, and don't forget to tell a friend, tell your family, tell your co-worker, you know, while on the Zoom chat, trying to figure out how to mute another person, um, where to listen to Talk About Sugar. Find us wherever you listen to podcasts, we're on a bunch of different platforms, Um Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Talking Brown Sugar at Twitter. That's Twitter, TalkingBrownSugar, Sugar, Talking Brown S U G. You can also email us at talkingbrown.sugar at gmail.com.
0: You can use all these formats, people. Good
2: morning. Good morning, Alana. How are you doing today? I'm
1: well. How are you? Good. Thank you for joining the podcast, Talking Brown Sugar. And could you tell everyone a little bit about yourself and your business, Mind, Body, and Sense?
2: Okay, well, I'm Elena Gilbert. I'm the owner-operator of my own hand-poured soy candle business named Mind, Body, and Sense. Um, <clears throat> I'm a single mom. I'm pretty much, I just can't settle. You know, I always wanted more into and to be able to provide more for my son. So um, entrepreneurship is just something I've just always been attracted to. So me starting my own candle line or my own business under my name was just, it was just gonna happen. Thank you and welcome again. Um, And can
1: you tell us a little bit more about the aha moment you had um, or what pushed you uh, to create this business and to get into entrepreneurship?
2: Okay, my aha moment was I went through a breakup. Uh, This was about in 2018, and it was pretty devastating. Um, It was interesting, to say the least. And with that relationship, and as I said, I'm a single mom, I was always so involved with both of them. So when that ended, I pretty much realized I lost who I was. And one of the ways for me to get out of things is to either do destructive behaviors or create so i said well let me start you know i want to just do something for my team i'm a manager um at my job and i was like out of nowhere i'm going to make candles and i had told my friend about it and he was like why don't you sell the candles literally went to hobby lobby got a kit started making candles people loved it and just it it took off from there so my aha moment was my breakup
1: (laughs) wonderful um a wonderful way to turn a negative into a positive Um, And so what would you want people to know about your journey to become a business owner and an entrepreneur?
2: My journey to become a business owner, entrepreneur, um, you know, it's a lot of setbacks it's a lot um what I would want people to know is no matter what just if it's something that you truly believe in even if you feel like it's only you that believe in it you just got to keep going for it because each of us we have a tribe an audience uh, a group of people that just want to support us even if we don't know them personally um so you just got to keep going um it's It's a difficult journey. Sometimes it's lonely, but learning to delegate once you get to that place to trust people and just keep going, just literally just keep going for what you want. Keep shooting and achieving your goals. And
1: um, so you mentioned setbacks and we're currently going through a pandemic. A lot of people are strapped for cash and things like that. How are you able to continue to sell your candles and other products you have on your site i was just browsing myself and i saw that you had like some self-care items um
2: how are you still able to connect to the customers and provide and service people so with the pandemic that's going on um i'm honestly just blessed um my business has never been better um good what i've been able to do um Because I am resourceful, um, I do know a lot of people, I try my best to network as much as I can, especially before the pandemic, Um, I did a lot of networking. So building on those relationships, I've been able to grow my wholesale and private label line for candles. So I'm assisting other small businesses with growing their own business, and in turn is growing my business. So um, that was one of the ways I was able to stay afloat during this time.
1: That's wonderful. I'm glad to hear that. And so did you see a surge during um, the July 7th support Black Businesses Day?
2: I did. I did. Um, This July 7th blackout was huge for me as also I'm Juneteenth. Wonderful. Yeah, yeah, I'm really thankful for the support of just everyone. And even on Juneteenth, it wasn't um, just black people. You know, it was right. someone everyone who supported me, and I'm just thankful for just as a whole. As I was able to pour out to other businesses, they were able to pour into me as well. I'm thankful.
1: I'm I'm so glad to hear that. And so, what would what kind of tips or um, advice would you give to consumers who just want to support more Black-owned businesses, like on a regular day, not just. Um, during a blackout Juneteenth or holidays where we acknowledge black people. Black Correct. Outsiders. Yeah.
2: This is an extremely interesting question because I'm part of different groups. Like it's like bi-black. I mean, it's bi-national black. I mean, it's just a ton of groups. Mm-hmm. And I've seen several postings where people posted about, uh, what well, black people need to get their customer service together. And yeah. I agree. But not to, not to the point to where I would say it's a Black thing. I think in general, businesses need to get their customer service because you want, not you, but people want a small Black business to cater to every need, to follow up as soon as they buy the order. But if you go to a large brand, if you don't sign up for their email list, they don't even know who you are. Right. You know, and I just feel like for consumers to support uh, black businesses or even smaller businesses in general give them the same energy you get Walmart when you go and no one's helping you you're totally ignored and it's all type of different races and ethnicities that work there you know so that same energy that you keep going back to a Starbucks even after they said you can't wear black lives matter shirts and then they came back and said oh now you can keep that same energy that you forgave them forgive other small businesses you exactly know, I, like, I agree yeah i really feel like the level of expectation is just unrealistic because as a, for me as a small business owner i'm a mom okay that's before anything before being the chandler the candle mm-hmm. maker whatever i'm a mom right so if my son has something and it's important or more so important to him that's going to have to come first And it's for me as a business owner to delegate if I can't attend certain things or uphold my um, end of, um, you know, um, commitments that I have. But at the same time, just understand as a consumer, you have multiple things that you're handling. You're dealing with the CEO of a company. You're not going to go to Bath & Body Works and go off on their CEO. You know, right. treat them with respect as well. So I just feel like as the consumer, and I hate to get on a soapbox, but as a consumer, just keep that same energy and just realize people make mistakes. Give them, and I, and I saw this in one of the posts, someone said, give them the opportunity to make it better. Right. And that's, yeah. And that's all I would ever want from anyone who buys anything from our company or any company that I'm affiliated with. Give us the opportunity to make it better, you know, because mistakes happen. I mean, it's all handmade. You know, so and and thankfully, from my audience, I haven't had a, a negative pushback. You know, because I, the yeah. ones I've I've come in, come in general and come in contact with, they they've been understanding if something wasn't right. and This is definitely earlier in my career, and I was able to fix it. You know, so I'm thankful for what I've experienced. But just listening to some of the other comments and just the negativity from other people is just kind of like relax.
1: Yeah. No, I appreciate um, just your thoughts on that question. I think it's um, a two-way street. Consumers have to be willing to give Small business owners, entrepreneurs, grace when interacting with them. And then on the other end, entrepreneurs have to continue to think about their brand when they're interacting with customers. When you interact with customers from packaging all the way up until customer service, that's going to be someone's brand experience or how they're experiencing your brand. Um, and so it's important that entrepreneurs continue to live up to the brand that they give and say that they have but also like you said consumers need to practice giving people grace um, I think that's especially important when you're supporting black and brown businesses yes. um, because we are so quick to say oh I didn't like how they you know spoke to me or I didn't like how this came chipped or whatever but it's like um just like you said i've ordered things from online amazon deal with big box stores, yes. and get yes. something chipped and it takes two to three weeks to hear back from them about a solution uh-huh. so it's just like a matter of understanding um that people like you said are people they have lives they are parents mothers whoever um like you said give people grace and that respect that they would want in return i really appreciate yes. you saying that yeah
2: uh-huh
0: to us what inspires or motivates you to show up as you do
2: what inspires me is my son I mean when I say I love my son he's 15 years old and for him to see me when I'm crying I hate to say it he sees me when no. I'm frustrated he sees me when I'm happy I mean he sees the good the bad and the ugly and for him to see the long nights Um, you know, just what I have to do just to meet deadlines because I still work a full-time job, you know, and for him through everything to say, mom, I'm proud of you. You're killing it. You're doing a great job. I just, you're inspiring me. I mean, he's, he's my why. He's the reason why I show up because for him to see all the ugliness, the behind the scenes and still can see the beauty in it. It's like, okay, I'm doing something right.
0: And you know, that's inspiring to him too. You know no pain, no gain, if you don't do no hard work, you know you don't get nothing from the fruits of your labor definitely,
2: uh, definitely, you know,
0: and as like you say, dealing with children and when you raise them, you want to show them that nothing comes easy
2: uh-huh mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he and he knows he's an athlete, you know, so him seeing my hard work and the determination in my um business as a manager and then also my personal business, you know he's Taking that and, you know, taking it to a whole different level on the field, on the court, you know, wherever he's, you know, whatever sports he's playing at the time. So, yeah, it's, it's inspiring to him as well to, to push forward.
0: That is wonderful. What advice do you have for someone interested in going into a business for themselves?
2: <sighs> My advice. <laughs> <laughs> really, ask yourself, do you really want it? Okay. So for me, making candles, uh, initially was therapeutic, you know, and now that it's a business it's sometimes, I mean, honestly, I don't want to do it, you know, because now it's a business and you have to be able to, I have to go back and say, why did I start this? People (laughs) depended on me, you know, and you just gotta, you gotta push forward. So after you ask yourself, do you really want this? Go all out, you know, don't quit your job, Learn mm-hmm. to manage your day job and your business, but go all out. It's going to be sleepless nights. You're going to have to wake up early. You're going to have to miss out on some events with, with your friends. You know, go show up each time. You know, no matter what, whatever you're dealing with at home, drink some coffee or whatever you need. Red Bull, get that energy together and show up. That would be my advice. Just go determine if you really want to do it and just go for it all the way. But don't quit your job until you (laughs) get everything in place.
0: (laughs) And Miss Alana, do you have a signature fragrance that you like call it for yourself or something that you like that inspires you?
2: I have a couple of different fragrances. One of the ones I really like, I just gave it to um, a local spa here. And I'm really excited for her to, Give that you know, have that as her signature for signature scent for her spa and her customers and clients, uh, so they can experience it. But my favorite scent, and I've realized in all of my scents pretty much, is amber. I love the scent of amber. Mm -hmm. It's just relaxing, calming, and it's just mood setting. You know, just. Coffee, cozy. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, was that background noise or? Can you hear me? (laughs) Oh, I couldn't hear you. (laughs) Oh no, you're fine. It's all
1: sick, no, it's fine. At the end of the day, how do you take care of yourself, or how do you practice self-care?
2: Okay, so for me, candles are a part of life. You know, I've always burned candles. It was, it's not new to me, so me making my own candles, like I have candles everywhere. Um, so outside of just burning candles, just to set the ambiance, and just, you know, it give off a pleasant scent as well. Um, I sleep, I sleep, I watch Mm -hmm. TV, I mean, I'm telling you, I get my nails done. I get my hair done. You know, I haven't gotten to the massages just yet, but I will. So I do all of that and I work out, but sleep is bae. You know, I, you can't beat sleep. (laughs) Just laying in the bed, resting and just catching up on, you know, a show on Netflix, just been watching. I mean, for me, when you're on the go so much and it's all this brain power all day mm-hmm. yeah. just to be able to just go into a dark room and just chill that's life for me yeah um i'm i'm
1: really big on sleep as well i love a good nap when i can <laughs> yes. get one and this is just a selfish question because i'm looking supernatural um and rough <laughs> how have you been <laughs> able to go get your nails and hair done um
2: during the pandemic like what precautions have you taken to take care of yourself while okay. yeah yeah so for me um like i said i network a lot so i mean i went to people i went be- went to before you know and they've got you you know um they're being precautious so we both had on masks when i got my nails done i mean she's a black nail tech Mm-hmm. Um, my homegirl, I love her. Shout out to SB experience here in Goldsboro, North Carolina. Um, as soon as I went in, she said, let's go wash our hands, you know, wash right. our hands. And we got to business when I got my braids done with, um, hair confessions, Cornelia Styles here in Goldsboro, North Carolina as well. That's my girl. Um, you know, she had on her mask, I had on her mask and we, and we went rolling, you know? So for me, going to people that I trust, people that I know that's practicing safe habits, that's what you know. That that's who I interact with. I wouldn't during this time. I wouldn't go to anybody new. Right. Right. Yeah. so
1: much here. And so, as far as support, like for other entrepreneurs, you say you like to network. How are you finding support or finding ways to support other entrepreneurs like yourself?
2: So specifically on June 10th, I really just went through my Instagram you know, and I just started just finding different companies, you know, um, and I went through, um, a couple of pages, you know, that I'm a part of the groups and just purchased random things. Um, so that was my way of support outside mm-hmm. of the people I usually support in general. Um, but for, for me to gain support, It's just, I mean, I have a really, my support system is amazing. Like, I'm so thankful for my friends and family. I know a lot of people say, you know, or I've seen, you know, some people say they don't get support from those close to them. But I really think for those individuals, and I hope I'm not hurting anyone's feelings, but it's like you need to take a look at what you're doing and what you're putting out. Because for me, if I have, let's say, 10 family members in a room and six are supporting me, I'm going to boost up those six so hard. I'm not going to worry about the four. Yeah, You get what I'm saying? Even if yeah. it's just one, you know, because the thing about it is people want to support people that's being supported. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's facts, you know, so for me to keep up support is just loving on those that have supported me. And in turn, they keep on supporting me. They're still sharing my products. I mean, my friends that share my products, they, I get business from those shares, yeah. You know, so it's so really it's just staying relevant, staying connected, staying engaged, letting those close to you know the behind the scenes of it. So and so cause they can relate to you and they can see your heart and they'll want to help you even more because they're spending money somewhere, so why not spend it with you?
1: I'm I'm with you on that. Good point. Um, especially about the part of like supporting the people who support you. Uh, wow. I think that's important, and not to get caught up on where they're coming from, um, whether inside your family, outside. I think, like you said, just returning the love.
2: Yes, yes. And I think
1: that's a good practice, um, and I I can see that in your brand too. I was just looking at your mission statement and everything. Um, so I love that you are walking a walking um, advertisement for your business as well. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. And um, <laughs> is there anything else you would like to share to the audience before, you know, you share how they can get connected with you and purchase some candles and self-care items?
2: Yeah, really, you know, um, as an entrepreneur, I can honestly say I love it. Yeah. I love being the owner-operator um, of my business I love every moment of it I love that I have 15 candle scents and I'm about to take away seven to have eight I love that I have that power yep. and control to yep. better market my business more you know more effectively yeah um, so it again so if it's something that you you have a passion for you're still looking to find yourself just keep trying I mean I've tried travel agency I, I still do Herbalife um lashes you know everything but at the same time so I've been drawn to small businesses you know uh, to have additional streams of income Mm -hmm. but owning my own it's nothing like it it's and 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 I I love it you know so what I would want to share with your audience if you have a passion you you can you can make money from it and you don't have to but if you choose to um, bring in additional an additional source of income go for it you know I seen something on Netflix a preview and they were talking about plants like in some kind of competition for plants this is on Netflix yeah worldwide streaming service and yeah. people are competing against with plants.
1: Yeah.
2: Okay this you have an audience okay I'm not gonna anything. watch that show
1: <laughs> Oh I have not I haven't seen it but I might look into it. Um, yeah, but see,
2: plant. but it's not for everybody. But but I, what I'm saying is, it's a market for everyone, even though that exactly. market, you know, may not be for everyone. I think that's interesting. <laughs> no, I think
1: that's true. There's a um a path for everyone to carve for themselves. It is. And how can people get connected with you? Where can they find your products and you shop with you?
2: Okay, so my products are listed on my website, which is mindbodyandsense.com. I'm on social media on Facebook at MindBodyAndSense with the ampersand, sign. And then on Instagram at Mind underscore Body underscore AND underscore sense. So I could be reached um, either three of those ways. And um it's only me. <laughs> so <Yeah>. I'm only <laughs> yeah <laughs> when i get that email or DL, your order will be fulfilled
1: that is lovely thank you alana we'll be sure to mm-hmm. include all of that in our show description so we can
2: get connected with you uh, thank, thank you so, you so much thank you for your time we appreciate it yes i have fun um this was good you know you that question about uh the support is um, black businesses and just you know the customer service I'm telling you that hits home for me even though I haven't had to personally deal with it yeah I, I really hate that that's even a thing
1: yeah mm-hmm. I, and I've been seeing that as well a lot on social media um, and like you said it's a matter of changing your mindset uh, and the negative connotations that are connected to the term or the word black and what people assume mm-hmm when they hear black, black business. So when you put that black in front of everything, that's why we say black lives matter and it you know ruffles feathers or yeah. makes people uncomfortable. But I think it's important that um, black should become a normal thing, something people can handle just like everything else.
2: Um, Correct. So and I
1: appreciate you being willing to answer.
2: Yeah, yeah, and I, and I can't wait for it to be a time where it's just a small business. And then we could just be a business in general, you know, we don't even have to define it, you know, because personally, I walk in my blackness every day. You know, I was happy to be black when I was a kid. I was like, I ain't mixed with nothing. I'm all black, you know, so I say that to say, although I am a small black business, that's not how I technically market myself because I show up black, you know. Um, right. I have a black son, you know, uh, you know, but at the same time, it's not like, oh, small black business. No, I mean, you know, I'm black. It is a small, You're a small business. Right. You're just a small business. You're an entrepreneur. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so it's it's interesting. But at the same time, you know, I do look to support those that look like me. You know, exactly. I, do, um, I do look for those relationships to build, you know, but at the same time, I'm not going to only just work with black people, just like I'm not going to work with white people. I'm going to work with whoever can serve my needs, you
1: know? And that's how you're supposed to do. That's how healthy businesses operate. Yes.
2: Yes.
1: And that's what we're trying to do here at Talking Brown Sugar, so we appreciate you for coming by. We're still in quarantine, but I'm still Roger the Porter.
0: I'm Angela the mom.
1: Yelp!